If you have your Bibles today, find 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9, and as you're finding that, uh, we are continuing our series in 1 Samuel. We took about uh, eight or nine weeks off to, uh, to look at a few other things, but we're back now in 1 Samuel chapter 9. And um, when we left off in 1 Samuel chapter 9, uh, back in the end of November, uh, Saul had um, just started his journey to follow some uh, donkeys that had got away. And we looked at how God uses ordinary circumstances to get us where he wants us to be. And then we looked at how uh, ordinary people, his companion, encouraged him to go find Samuel. And how ordinary people can encourage you and I when we're ready to quit. And we looked at how God brought Saul to Samuel because the nation of Israel had rejected the judges. And God said, fine, if that's what you want, you can have a king. And today I want to talk to you about how to know what God wants for you. Because today, if you're a Christian and that thought never crosses your mind, you are in a very dangerous place in your walk with the Lord. If you don't desire to please Him, if, if when you go to work, you don't have that thought, God, what do you want from me today? As a family, if you don't ask that question, God, what do you want for us as a family? As a church, if we don't ask what God wants from us today, we have greatly fallen. And so today, I really hope to show you how to go from just knowing the Bible to applying the Bible to your life. Because most of us today, if I was to ask you, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Most of you would say yes, and I hope that you would say yes. But our problem is not knowing that the Bible is the Word of God. It is going from knowing to applying. We, we can read what it says about thou shalt not and we shall, can read where it says that we should, but it goes from knowing it to applying it. And so maybe today you're at a stage of your life where you're getting ready to make important life decisions, where you're going to work, who you're going to marry, how many kids you'd like to have. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you've retired and you have enough money and your thoughts are, I'm going to get up every day and do what I want and then I'm going to die one day. Maybe that's where you're at in life. But today I really hope that if you love God, that you have a desire to hear what He wants for you. Not just what He wants for me, but for you. And so if you would stand with me out of a reverence to the reading of the Word of God, we're going to start in chapter 9, verse 17, and we're going to read <clears throat> down to the end of verse 26. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go 
and will tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on, your, on all your father's house? And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? And my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak like this to me? Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in a place of honor among those who were invited. There were about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, Set it apart. So the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Here it is, what was kept back. It was set apart for you. Eat, for until this time it has been kept for you. Since I said, I invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. When they had come down from the high place into the city, Samuel spoke with Saul on the top of the house. Then arose early, and it was about the dawning of the day that Samuel called to Saul on the top of the house, saying, Get up, that I may send you on your way. And Saul arose, and both of them went outside, he and Samuel. Pray with me. Father, today I, I pray that you would speak through me. Father, that you would forgive me for my sin and, Lord, my failures. I thank you so much for the time that we've had here together, Lord. And I just pray that you'd continue to work and to move. And, Father, that you would do all things for your glory. Lord, I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I, we are going to be looking at verse 27, but today I, I think that is a verse that all of us have a hard time with. So we're going to, to be surprised when we get there. But the first thing I want to talk to you today about, if you really want to find God's purpose and plan for your life, not blaming it on someone else, is the first thing that you and I have to do is this. We must listen. We must listen. Uh, hopefully today you know there is a difference between hearing and listening. And uh, uh, you can hear a lot of things, right? You can hear commotions, you can hear a lot of things, but if you really want to know what someone is saying, someone will tell you what? Hear me. No, they will say, listen to me. As a parent, you have probably said that to your children or grandchildren. You're looking at me, you act like you are paying attention, but I want you to listen to me. And what we see here in verse 17 just starts right out. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. You see, Samuel is listening to God. And you and I need to recognize something, that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. You say, Jake, there's no way God could have a, a purpose for me. I'm not talented. I'm not gifted. Uh, what, what could I possibly do? The first thing you can do is listen. 
I never dreamed that not being able to hear would be a problem until back in September I lost the hearing in one of my ears. It is a problem when you cannot listen. I can hear many things. I can hear hummings and buzzings and and all kinds of things. But if you were to talk to me on this side, I would go, huh? And so I've started driving when we go anywhere as a family now because when I sit on the passenger side, this ear is to the children, the one that works. But when I drive, this one is to the children. And so it's like I'm all by my self. But you and I need to understand something, that the busyness of life, the distractions of life will hinder us from listening to God. When you are too busy to get up in the morning and study the Word of God, you are not listening to Him. When you are too busy to get up in the morning or in the evening, whenever you choose to spend your time with God and don't spend time in prayer, you are telling God, I am not listening. When you're too busy for church and Sunday school and all of those things where the Word of God is taught, what you have said to God is, I'm not listening. And Christian, you'll never be able to obey God if you first don't listen to Him. How many of you have ever had someone who have tried to do a task that you told them to, but have done it the wrong way? Right? Or done the wrong thing. And after they have failed in that task, you have probably asked this question. Were you listening when I told you what I wanted? Were you not paying attention? And so today if you're here and you're, or you, you want to hear what God has for your life, you have to recognize something. You have to slow down and be willing to listen. Just to listen. You know why that's such a hard problem for us? None of us wants to listen. All of us want to talk. That is why we see our nation collapsing around us because no one wants to listen. The only reason I want to stop talking is just long enough for you to finish. And then I'll be more than happy to tell you what I think. And that's how most conversations happen at work. Most conversations happen in marriage. Most conversations happen in church. I really don't want to listen to you, but if I don't let you talk once in a while, you'll not talk to me. But friends, if I want to know what God wants for my life, I have to be willing to listen. But you also have to be careful who you listen to. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 15, it talks to us about not listening to the wrong people. Starting in verse 15 it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by the fruits 
you will know them. You should not just trust me because I'm wearing a suit. You shouldn't just trust what I'm saying because I'm standing up here. You need to evaluate everything. And listen, if you're going to get your advice from Oprah, you are going to be a miserable person. Because that woman does not have the Spirit of God in her. And if someone doesn't have the Spirit of God in them, they cannot give you the godly advice that you need. They might give you good advice. They might give you advice that doesn't destroy you from time to time. But if you want Spirit-filled Christ-honoring advice, it has to come from someone who knows the Word of God and knows the Spirit of God and can share that with you. Because, friends, even if you have the Spirit of God in you from time to time, you can get twisted up. You can give bad advice. You can give bad counsel. And so never just trust the person. Always evaluate the fruit. It says that we're to test every spirit. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many, listen, many false prophets have gone out into the world. The norm is for people to not be the real deal. I know that sounds harsh, but the norm is that most people are sheep's and wolves' clothing. No, wolves in sheep's clothing. Why is that? Because Jesus says narrow is the gate. Wide is the path to destruction. There should never be a Sunday that you don't take notes. And I know what you're saying. I don't take notes, Jake. But you should. You ought to take notes so that when you get home and you're thinking back to the sermon of the morning and you say, wait a second, did he just call us all wolves in sheep clothing or sheep in wolves clothing? Or what did he tell us today? Is that right? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't line up. You ought to be testing everything that you hear the television evangelist, the Christian music you listen to, everything that comes in should be filtered through the Word of God. And friends, if you and I are not willing to do that, you can claim to want to hear from God, but yet you won't. How many of you have ever been guilty of being busy with something, whether it's at home or work, and someone tries to tell you something? And your answer is usually this, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, sounds good, sounds good. And you get ready to leave work and you're like, hey, you got to stay over four hours. I got to stay over four hours. Yeah, I, I talked to you when you were busy working and you said, uh-huh, yeah. Husbands, you ever volunteer for any projects at home because of that? Yeah, sure, whatever you want to do, dear, not a problem at all. What do you mean we're remodeling an entire bathroom? Friends, if you and I are not paying attention we are not willing to listen. We will never be where God wants us to be. Second thing I want to show you this morning about doing the will of God in your life is not only must we listen, we have to respond. We have to respond. In verse 21, look what it says. And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite? Of the smallest of the tribes of Israel. And my family 
the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak like this to me? You see, Saul responded in humility. He said, why are you speaking to me like this? I'm a Benjamite. I'm of the littlest tribe. And not only am I of the littlest tribe, I am one of the smallest families. I'm the nobody of the nobodies. And you're talking to me all strange about Israel and the desires of my heart. You see, Saul could have been like, oh yeah, give me that crown. I want it. I was born for it. And you've probably met people that way. Feel like everything should be silver spoon fed to them. That everything they deserve, everything. They shouldn't have to work for anything. But if you really want to listen to God, you've got to know how to respond to Him when He speaks to you. How many of you as a child, or if you had had children, have ever told them to do something and they didn't hear the first time and you repeated it and they said something like this, Yes, I heard you! In our house, that is called disrespecting their mother. And it does not go well. But friends, today I want you to know something. God is willing to use you. But you have to, one, be willing to listen. And two, respond accordingly. You you say, well, Jake, what if God calls me to go on the mission field? You better say, Lord, here I am. I don't speak a foreign language. Uh, I don't do well in the hot weather. Lord, I, I, don't, I don't do well in a place where mosquitoes are as big as birds. But Lord, if you call me, I'll go. Today, maybe the Lord's calling you to serve as a Sunday school teacher. And you say, but I stutter, right? And when I get in front of people, I, I get confused and say dumb things. Don't worry, I do it every week. You say, I, I can't, I just can't. Friends, you have to come to God like this. Lord, I, I'm a nobody of a nobody of a nobody. But God, if you'll use me, here I am. That's why on our best days, on the days we look like Christ the most, we are still only what? I'm going to give you a hint. They just sang it. A sinner saved by grace. See, no matter how big you think you get, how accomplished you think you are, how famous and well-known you are, truly, at the end of the day, you are only one thing. A sinner saved by grace. And if God saved you by grace from your sin and wickedness, He can equip you to do whatever He asks you to do. You say, Jake, I could never be a godly husband. I could never be a godly wife. I, I could never raise my children the way that God wants me to. I, I, I couldn't do things like that. That's because you've responded the wrong way. You see, Saul didn't say, I'm going to be a great king. <laughs> I, I, I've got this all figured out. No, he was humble. And today, if you'll be humble, God can use you. The book of Proverbs chapter 11 verse 2 says this. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. 
If you want to be wise, you first got to be humble. The Bible says if you will humble yourself, that the, at the right time, the Lord will exalt you. If you want to know what you need, it is you coming to the end of yourself and saying, Lord, I don't know how I can do it. I don't think I'll ever do it. I don't think there's any way that it could be done. But God, if you want it done, I'm willing to go for you. The third thing, if you're going to really be where God wants you to be, you've got to listen. Second, you've got to respond. But third, sometimes you've got to be patient. That's why I didn't read this verse, because no one says they're patient. Right? No one walks around boasting about being patient because usually when you do that, something happens and you show that you're not patient. I've heard it a thousand times. Don't ever say you want patience because God will put you in situations to give you patience. But what you and I don't realize is patience is a gift of the Lord. It is something that we have to exercise, not something that we earn. You see, joy is something that God gives you. Uh, love is something that God gives you. The, the, read the fruit of the spirits, long-suffering. It goes on and on and on. And patience is the same way. Look what verse 27 says. Samuel's brought him in, fed him this, this portion of meat that no one else was going to eat. It was showing him that he was set apart for something great and magnificent to be done through God. And I mean, just think about that. I'm doing something for God. I'm set apart for God. Let me hear what it is, Samuel. It's like a kid on Christmas. I know there's presents under that tree. I can see them wrapped up. I can see the bow on top. I can even see my name on them. I've got them in my pile and your pile. I'm ready to open this present. And your parent says, hold on, guys. Let's read the Christmas story. Now, there's no, I don't think most kids are blasphemous. But in that moment, you give a kid a choice, nine out of ten are choosing what? Presents. That's because that's what they want. That's what they're thinking about. I can remember growing up as a kid at family Christmases, we always had to wait until everyone was done eating. But I had one uncle that ate and ate and ate and ate. And I can remember being at my grandma's house in the floor, just looking up there as a kid going, can't we just start with him eating? No. It, it didn't get so bad that as he'd eat, he had, he'd have to unbutton his top button. I mean, that's how much was eating was going on. And so at our last Christmas um, at my mom's house, he was there with his children. And, and I was like, oh, no, we're not open presents until I'm done eating. Because your kids are going to suffer what I suffered as a child. But it's this idea, right? And, and, and that's what Samuel's done to Saul. But then this is what he says in verse 27. In verse 27, he says these words. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And he went on, But you stand here a while, that I may announce to you the word of God. He says, Send the servant on. I'm going to go on. 
And while you're expecting and waiting and ready, you just wait right here. It's like, oh. And friends, in your relationship with the Lord, sometimes God's going to tell you to wait. God's going to tell you to pray about it. God's going to tell you to, why don't you let me fix it instead of you putting your foot in your mouth? You see, most of us go when we should stay, and we stay when we should go. You see, if the Bible clearly tells you something, do it. If the Bible says pray for the sick, pray for the sick. If the Bible says share your faith, share your faith. Don't look for God to give you another sign. But there are times in your life when God will say, wait. Maybe you've talked and talked and talked to that prodigal in your family. Maybe you've talked and you've talked and you've talked and they're sick and tired of listening to you. Maybe God just wants you to pray. Maybe God just wants you to pray about it. Maybe there's a situation at work that, that your coworker that you, you guys have butted heads and butted heads and butted heads and, and argued and fought. And maybe God says, you just need to back away. Do a little extra work for a while. Carry him if you have to. Let me work on him. Believing husbands and spouse, if you're married to someone who's not a Christian and you've invited him to church, you've invited him to church, you've nagged him to death, maybe you're at a point where you just need to pray pray you see sometimes the lord tells us to wait Uh, sometimes the lord says wait patiently because sometimes if we're waiting we're not very happy you ever seen a kid wait in line for the bathroom that's really really got to go they're not waiting patiently right they're ready and when that door opens boom and friends, most of you are like that with God. Lord, I, I, just, I, I need to know what to do, Lord. I need to know how to fix my kids. I, I need to know how to fix my finances. I, I need to know where I need to serve. I, I, I need to know, I need to know. I need, and God says, trust me. Today, I really do believe that, that for some people in this place or online, God is saying, trust me. Psalms 37 Verses 7 through 9 says it like this. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off. For those who wait on the Lord... They shall inherit the earth. He says in those moments where it looks like the people who are living wicked are getting ahead. <laughs> in those moments when those people who are treating you poorly and, and, and hurtful. In those moments when it looks like they're winning. That's when God says rest. He doesn't just say wait. He says rest. Why is that? Because God wants you to rest in Him. Because when you rest, there is peace. When you rest, there's a time to recuperate. When you rest, there's a time to reflect. When you rest, there's a time to heal. 
And in your life, you might go through seasons where God says, rest. Wait patiently on me. And friends, in those moments, there will never be enough activity to bring you what God wants to give you. And friends, there will be other times in your life when God opens a door for you and says, you need to go through it. And no amount of not going will bring you satisfaction. You say, Jake, how do I know which is which? You've got to listen. You've got to be spending time with him. I'll never forget when someone who I respect very much told me that I would be the next pastor here. I, I, I didn't think he, I think he lost his mind. I thought he had fallen off his lawnmower and hit his head. But I'll never forget when I was at work one night at Walgreens and I had the best job you could ask for. It was a job I was going to work at for the rest of my life. And I just knew that the Lord said, you're going to have to quit here. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. I'll just keep this job so when Baptists do what Baptists do <laughs> and uh, kick the pastor to the door, I'll have a job, right? I, I don't have to move. I don't have to do, you know, this is the plan. And then the Lord said, no, you're, you're going to quit this job that you love and that you do nothing <laughs> and you're going to go there. And I can tell you, I really believe that if I'd have said no, there would have been no amount of peace and joy that that could have brought me from where he wanted me to go. And some of you today are miserable for one reason. You've not went when God said go. And some of you are here today miserable because you've been too busy going when God says rest. Psalms 37, that's what it says. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. You say, Jake, is there any real danger from not waiting? Absolutely. Here in about four chapters, we're going to watch King Saul not wait. And it cost him everything. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, I want to read this to you as we close. Starting in verse 8, it says these words. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. Samuel said, wait seven days. And so Saul waited seven days. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened. Don't miss this. As soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, what happened? Samuel came. You see, sometimes God, sometimes God, <laughs> just think about this, seven days. He waits, we don't know if it was seven days and two minutes. We don't know if it was seven days and four hours. But whatever Samuel said, he said, wait. Wait. And Saul didn't wait. And now it happened that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed 
and that the Philistines gathered together at Mishmash. Then I said, God didn't say, Samuel didn't say, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. Now, don't miss this. He thought, he felt, he wanted. Friends, I want you to hear me today. Those are three dangerous things to base your life on. I feel, I thought, I want. He saw the people scattered. He thought he was doing a good thing. But friends, even good things are not God things. You can do good things and miss the blessings that God has for you. Listen to what it goes on and says. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have, don't miss that, would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over all his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. You see, he wouldn't wait. And he felt, he thought, and he wanted. And it cost him everything. Friends, you might marry who you want. Who you feel like is best. Who, who, who you think is going to work out. But there's someone that God wants you to be with. You see, you might think that that job offer looks good. You might feel that that job offer looks good. And you might want the pay that comes from that job offer. But God might be saying, that's not the job I have for you. And friends, I shouldn't even have to say this, but how many times have you said that about the sin in your life? <laughs> I want this sin. I feel like I should have this sin. And so I am going to commit this sin. You see, the Bible is abundantly clear when it speaks of something that is the will of God. You can feel like that woman that is not your wife is the one God wants you to be with. But if you are married to this one, that's the one God wants you to be with. Don't matter how many times you feel, how many times you think, how many times you want, the wife that God has you with now or husband, that's the purpose and plan God has for you. And you want to know why that's the case? Come back tonight when I preach on Matthew 5 on adultery and that whole topic of divorce and remarriage. And so pray for me tonight. But friends, how many times have we looked back and said, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I would have just waited. Have you ever bought something at a higher price and then just not very long after that realized that they dropped the price? Bob and I have the same problem. We buy high and sell low. That's how it is with me for everything. I owned a thousand shares of Activision, bought it at $40, watched it get to $70, sold it all, and thought, woo! This week it hit $102. 
I didn't pray about selling them. All I saw was dollar signs, baby. And that's something that doesn't matter. It's just money. You say, well, Jake, money matters. Jesus said it was the least of these things. How many times has God wanted you to pray for someone when you went ahead and told them something you should have told them? How many times has God told you, just keep your mouth shut. I'll fight this battle for you. And you've said, well, let me tell you what I think about it. How many times has God told you, I want you to do this, but yet you've told him no. You see, it starts at salvation. Today, the will of God for your life is to save you. I believe the Bible teaches it, and I will never apologize that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And that today, God will convict you and draw you and bring you into a relationship with him if you will willingly come. That's why the Bible says, whosoever will may come. And so today, if you leave here and die lost, it's your own fault. It's your own fault. So today, you have a choice to make. You say, well, I don't know if it's God's will. I don't know if it's God's Whosoever will, whosoever will. Today, if you're listening to my voice and you know that you're lost, the Spirit of God showed you that. And today, if you're thinking, I need to be saved, it's because the Spirit of God is convicting you. It's not Jacob Gray. It's not your abilities. It's the Spirit of God. And he wants you to be saved. Today, if you are saved and there's sin in your life, the will of God for you is to repent. That's why Jesus commanded the disciples to go into the world and to preach repentance. The book of Acts says repent. John the Baptist said repent. Jesus preached repent. Today, if you're sitting here with sin in your life and you're saying, I don't think God really cares. It's not a big sin. It's not a lot of sin. It's, it, it, it's my sin. No, what God is saying is, you're not listening to me. Repent. And today, if you're here and God's calling you to something, who knows what it is? Whether it's baptism, whether it's service, whether it's, I don't know, idea. And you know that God says, go. Today, it's time for you just to come and say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to go. But I think there's some of today, and I don't know what's going on in your life, who God says, you need to wait. You need to rest. You need to be patient. You say, Jake, how am I supposed to know which one it is? Go or stay. Rest or work. Listen. <laughs> Listen. The Bible says if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Now, I don't mind. He won't care if I get close to him. I wanted to tell him something really important. I'm going to get as close to him as I can because he doesn't hear very well. And I want him to hear it. He's got all that. What kind of hair was it you said? Who was it this morning? Yeah. What was the person? Wasn't Guy Penrod. Who was it? The Bee Gees hair covering his ears, right? I want him to hear it. Monty, I love you. I appreciate you. If I wanted to tell him something important like my social security number, I wouldn't walk all the way over here. And be like, hey, Monty, it's 35182. You know, that is the first five numbers, by the way, or six. Probably wasn't a good idea. But anyway, 
So, but why? Because it's important. I want to get him close to him. I, I want him to hear it. And Simeon's are running so far from God this morning that he's, you're not going to hear him. You've got busyness. You've got sin. You've got things in your life that shouldn't be there. And God says, I want to speak to you. That's why the Bible says that he wasn't in the whirlwind. He wasn't in the storms. He was in the still, small voice. Today, you've got to listen. You've got to be willing to respond. Say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Use me. Work in my life. Be humble. And then third, you've got to wait patiently for him to give you the answer that you need. Pray with me today. Father, we thank you so very, very much for who you are and what your word tells us. Lord, I don't know all the details and situations of the people in this room or online. But Lord, I know that you do. So Father, I pray today that you would get their attention. Lord, you have said that your sheep hear your voice. So today, Lord, I pray that your sheep would hear your voice. I pray today, Lord, that you would help us to be humble and to respond to you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to wait on you. Father, I pray for the lost man, woman, boy or girl that's in this place today. I pray for the Christian that's struggling with conviction. I pray that for the Christian who's struggling with the next opportunity. Or whatever it may be today, Lord, I pray that you guide your people to know what to do, what to say, and how to pray. And Father, I'm going to give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We just would like to thank you for watching today's sermon. And we pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement in your walk with Jesus Christ. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking, the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you, pray with you with whatever's going on in your life. Or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.